Hello friends, Kim Langling here. Hey, another week has gone by and that means that we've got another episode of Let Fear Bounce coming your way. But first, I want to tell you, you're awesome. In case no one's told you that today, you are awesome. And I also want to let you in on a little secret. The world is a better place because you are in it and don't you forget it. That's my little nugget of hope I'm tossing your way today. So hey, sit back, relax, grab that cup of coffee, and let's listen in to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. Have you ever thought about what will happen to your pet should you no longer be able to care for them or if you pass away? Life Pet Care is the world's first pet care administration company, and they provide do-it-yourself pet estate will kits. Now, these are legal document, folks. They are considered an amendment or a codicil that you add directly to your personal will. You can access this by visiting kimlanglingauthor.com. Scroll down until you see Life Pet Care. Click on that link, and you will get 33% off of that do-it-yourself pet estate will kit. Now, folks, it's just $29.99, but if you click that link, you will get 33% off. Let's make sure that our furry loved ones are taken care of if, for whatever reason, we are no longer able to care for them. Oh, folks, have we got a show for you today on Let Fear Bounce. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode. I am Kim Langling, your host, and I am welcoming today Stuart Ross Carlson. Now, he is an accomplished violinist, but he's also a published arranger and composer. And for fun, he's a ham radio operator. So grab that cup of coffee, folks. Sit back, relax, and listen in to the story of this amazing young man. Well, Stuart, thank you so much for being my guest today on Let Fear Bounce. I have been so looking forward to this episode. Now, yourself and your father and me, we met a few weeks back to chit chat, you know, and see, you know, get to know each other a little bit before we recorded. You are an incredibly accomplished young man. Um, Very impressive what you have accomplished And I'm just going to preface a little bit of it, and then I'm going to let you explain more. But Stuart, folks out there listening, Stuart is an accomplished violinist. He is, let's see here, although he was diagnosed with autism at the age of three, he has went on to earn two undergraduate degrees, violin performance and composition, and two graduate degrees, viola performance, from the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. And he also is a member of the Ann Arbor Symphony Orchestra, and he regularly performs with the Michigan Philharmonic. Now, oh my goodness, and I've listened to some of your music, Stuart. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, You're so accomplished. So once again, thank you for being my guest today. When did you first start playing the violin or know that you wanted to play an instrument? Do you remember? I do. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this podcast. Uh, I first started playing the piano when I was two years old, and I remember playing it for uh, many hours in a day, trying to find notes and chords and harmonies that were pleasing to my untrained ear back when I was two years old. But uh, I remember also taking piano lessons uh, a few years after that 
And at the time, I remember wanting to become a professional pianist, but uh, a local, the local school wanted me to pick an instrument other than piano for their music classes. And I chose the violin uh, when I was 10 years old because of the fact that it can be played both plucked and bowed. And that aspect really fascinated uh, me because of the different sounds and timbres it can create. That's amazing. At two years old, you sat down and wanted to start playing the piano because you wanted to find the the notes and the sounds that's, that were pleasing to you. I think that's amazing. Thank you. Now, I have a question for you, because and this is something. So if I'm out, I'm out in nature a lot. I like to be out walking in the woods and in the fields. I do, too. And all and, and it's a wonderful thing, isn't it, to be out there? It is. But I find... I hear music all the, now I am not a composer or anything like that, but if I hear all the different, you know, birds or just the way the wind is blowing through the trees, to me, to me, that is music. It is music to me as well. In fact, one of the pieces that I composed uh, has a musical representation of a bird call from a bird that was sitting in our deck many, many years ago, and the call can still be heard at our house today. Oh, that is awesome. That is so awesome. Is there a name for that song? Uh, That song is called Fiddle Sweet in A Major, and uh, I uh, arranged that song for bluegrass instrumentation uh, for a PBS station, KTWU, in Topeka, Kansas, uh, with uh, five other songs as well. But about a minute or a minute and a half into that song, uh, there's a passage that I play that is actually a musical representation of that bird call. Oh, that is so amazing. I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So, okay, I have to pick up on something you mentioned. You have six songs that did you compose that are currently for PBS shows on PBS on television? Um, I composed and arranged uh, the six songs uh, into an album called Portrait of a Landscape Seasons, uh, which was released uh, late last October. And uh, that was uh, commissioned by KTWU uh, over a year ago for a four-part television series called Portrait of a Landscape. The first episode was uh, premiered in Kansas markets on November 30th, and uh, the spring episode was also premiered early this year. And it will go national uh, early next year. And I'm really looking forward to when that happens. That is so exciting. So exciting. So, okay. When that goes, well, have you seen the episodes that have been released yet? I have seen the Prairie Winter episode. I still have yet to see the spring episode. So with your music playing, however it is that they play it on that episode... 
what did you think? <laughs> I was absolutely amazed by the shots that they were able to uh, do for the um, imagery and the landscape and the natural beauty of Kansas. The shots are absolutely amazing. So it went, you said, it, I guess that means they, they blended well with your music? They did, and I had uh, quite a few images in mind as well when I was composing and uh, arranging the pieces, uh, particularly the um, arrangement of their state song, Home on the Range. Oh, how ex that is so exciting. So congratulations on that. That's, that's big. <laughs> Thank you. I was really excited when they first contacted me about the project. Yeah, that's that's exciting stuff. That is exciting stuff. Boy, you are just a mover and a shaker, Stuart. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> okay, now when we talked before, there was a couple things that you had said um, that were just fascinating to me. Now you you are a person with perfect pitch, correct? Correct. Now, for my listeners who might not know what that means, could you briefly explain what perfect pitch means? Uh, perfect pitch is the ability to decipher a note uh, without any reference whatsoever. And I remember hearing somewhere that one in 10,000 people have it. And that fact still blows me away, honestly. I learned how to uh, decipher those notes on the piano when I was uh, that little kid playing the piano. And then as I have gotten older, I became uh, able to identify uh, the frequencies of the notes within a couple of hertz, which um, I've heard it said that no one is able to do that. Now that's pretty amazing. That's that's pretty amazing stuff. And I also remember from our conversation before, because you said you can, you know, pick out the notes and the key and all that. And you said that my voice was in G. Right. So I found that fun. And I've, I've literally been sharing that with people. When I talk to people, I'm like, yeah, you know what key my voice is, it's in G. And <laughs> But there's something else. There's something else that you that you have that's just special to you, which I find I just. I think it's just a huge blessing is when you hear notes, you also see color. And I you had shared, you had shared with me that my voice was a G and it was red. That's right. I just found that completely fascinating. And this is what I've shared with some of my friends and they're just like, Oh, I wonder what color my voice is. So it's just, mm. <laughs> you know, so do you always, so if you're listening to music or you're composing music, do you have images that, that are then come to your mind or is it just color or how does that work? If you're able to explain. I tend to um, find it helpful to know, first of all, um, which uh, style of music the um, person who commissions the project wants for me to compose and uh, if there are any images that come to mind I tend to think about those as well as the uh, potential impact of my future listeners as far as their emotions go 
And I also think of, as far as individual notes and chords, they are assigned a color, either the notes and chords themselves or within the key of the piece, if that makes sense. It does, actually. It does. And I find it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And one thing that you mentioned while you were just talking, you said when you're composing or talking to someone about a project they want you to create, you think of your listeners' emotions, how it's going to affect them. I don't know how many people do that, <laughs> that you're thinking, because you're, you're not only putting a lot of you into everything you create, there's so much of you in there and, you know, all your talent and you're just pouring out blessings, but you want to ramp that up by your thinking of your listeners, emotionals and emotions as well, while you're creating, I find that, well, quite frankly, I find it beautiful. So have you always done that? Um, it took me a while to be able to do that. I would say in the last four or five years, I started to really think about that. And uh, for example, when I composed uh, Home on the Range, I wanted my listeners to feel, uh, especially if they're from Kansas, to feel uh, homesick if they're away from home. And uh, I will never forget when I played Home on the Range for uh, one of the musicians who was uh, recording in the album, who is actually from Kansas, she started to cry and it made me uh, think of what if uh, that could be the case for many other people away from their hometown. Yeah. <laughs> you got me in the fields there, Stuart. Got me in the fields. Mm. Um, I do have to say that when I listen to your Amazing Grace, your rendition of it, oh, absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Oh. I listened to it a couple times. Mm. I had to, I had to hit it again and listen to it again. Uh, just beautiful stuff. And folks, for all you out there listening, um, there will be all kinds of notes in the show notes that you have got to go and listen to this young man's uh, music. He is just incredibly talented incredibly talented. And Stuart, Thank I have to so say much. that, that you do, you hit, you hit your listeners, uh, their emotional state. So you set out to do that and you're doing it. So well done you. Thank you. <laughs> that means so much more than I can tell you. I really appreciate that. Oh, you are more than welcome. Goodness. You're so talented. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not music. I sing, but I don't have all of that, uh, the technical ability like I don't read music, but if I hear a song, I can sing it. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not like one of those. It doesn't sound like I'm singing in a tin bucket. <laughs> Let's put mm. it that way. I find to me singing, if a certain song comes and I sing it and it just kind of fills me. So you forget everything else mm. just kind of fills me up. And I always say, it's like, oh, it's just touching my soul. And I lose myself in the song so now listening to your amazing grace 
that's why I had to play it twice because I, I, I let myself be lost in, in the sounds. So mm. does that happen with you when you're composing or arranging or any of that? Um, thank you so much for your com your compliments. I really appreciate them. I, um, that does in fact happen to me, especially when I'm performing. I tend to think a lot about the melodies and harmonies uh, coming all around me, and I tend to go away into an incredibly different world when I'm on stage. And I feel like that's starting to happen as well when I compose and arrange. Isn't that the, it's an amazing feeling, isn't it? It is. I think we should all be in that place with whatever passion we have. I agree. I agree. I think the world might be a more peaceful place if everyone just let that, the beauty that surrounds us each and every day to just settle on our soul a little bit and calm down. <laughs> You know? Absolutely. I completely agree with that. <laughs> so outside of, you know, all this amazing stuff you do musically, you also, as a hobby, or I don't know if it's a hobby, you tell me, you're a ham radio operator. I am. And that is a hobby of mine. I really enjoy it. Uh, that means that I'm able to communicate with many different uh, people all over the world, and uh, ham radio is also useful in emergency situations, and uh, I'm also a licensed weather spotter, which means that I can actually relay severe weather reports to the National Weather Service, and that's really uh, amazing to me that I can do that. That is, that is very cool. That is very cool. Now, do you know Morse code? I do. I can uh, send and receive Morse code to about 35 words a minute. Now, for folks that out there who don't know Morse code, I happened to do Morse code when I was in the military. 35 words a minute is pretty darn fast, Morse code, because when all you're listening to is... So the noise now makes me crazy, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's amazing that that you do that. Now, how when you relay weather to the National Weather Service, how how is it that you relay that to them? Um, there is something uh, that is called a net, which is an on the air meeting that uh, occurs when severe weather is happening, and. Um, what happens is that the person who is in charge of the net asks for any severe weather reports, uh, such as hail that is uh, larger than one inch or winds that are greater than 58 miles an hour. And if any of that happens in my immediate area, I would relay it back to the person who is in charge of the net, who would usually relay it to the National Weather Service from there. That's exciting stuff. I mean, because that's important. 
It is. It can absolutely be a life-saving tool. Yes. Yes. Now I have a question for you. There is a guy on YouTube. His his channel is called Ryan Hall, y'all. I know that channel. I watch it all the time. <laughs> and I was one. I wanted to see if you had watched it because he's he's a weatherman. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how you say it's licensed. I have no idea. I'm not part of that He's realm. He's a meteorologist. Meteorologist. There you go. Goodness. Thank you for, <laughs> I don't know. I blanked out on that. Absolutely. But him and, and uh, meteorologist Andy Hill, those two on that channel, I find it fat. I've become very fascinated with the weather lately. So I'm watching that all the time when there's tornadoes and stuff happening all over the place. <laughs> Absolutely. I do that all the time. For example, when, there was an ice storm that happened a few months ago, and that was the first time that I extensively watched his channel, and it was really uh, informative and helpful for people who were in those kinds of situations. Right, because you're getting advance notice, so you can at least prepare. Exactly. And I like how he always says, don't be scared, be prepared. I like that as well. <laughs> I just gave him a shameless plug for his channel. Mm. <laughs> You're you have a form of autism, or and I don't know enough about it. So you you explain to me what that is. What what that is, I guess. Okay. Um, the definition of autism spectrum disorder by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, is a developmental disability caused by differences in the brain. People with ASD often have problems with social communication and interaction and restricted or repetitive behaviors or interests. People with ASD may also have different ways of learning, moving, or paying attention. And that seems to be resonant with me, especially when I was younger. When you started doing, you started uh, really falling into music. That's that just became like your passion. It was part of your heart. I, I think that you. That I'm a Christian, so I'm just. This is just my perspective. You're exactly who you were meant to be. Exactly mm. who you were meant Thank to you be. So much. Because if you weren't, you would not be able to create. I don't think. If you were not exactly who you are meant to be and who you were born to be, the amazing stuff that you are giving to the world wouldn't be happening. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. So I, I just find it fascinating. And I'm in awe of you, Stuart, of your talent and your passion, because I know I've talked, I know a lot of folks that they're, they've got children that have autism on, on different levels, many different levels. And some are nonverbal some the social interaction is very very difficult and there's another young man that i know um very similar to you he's incredibly musically talented and he has perfect pitch and so literally that's two people in the world that i know with that which is you know uncommon but i've often wondered and I'm just going to ask because I'm curious in other aspects of your life outside of this passion that you have for music and you're just so incredibly talented and you've got the ham radio operator thing. And I think that goes along with music because it's a lot of sound. <laughs> That's what I'm it is. 
But outside of that, does this affect your life in any way? Do you have struggles or do you just, you know, you're you and you're embracing it and you're rocking it? Oh, thank you. I do have struggles, uh, especially with uh, directions. I definitely need GPS when I'm in a new environment and location to me. So do I. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I need it more than the average person does. Um, I see. I don't remember this, but I have heard before that when I was really young, I would get lost in our own house, and it uh, was so much of a struggle for me, especially at a younger age. But uh, I still. Uh, carry that struggle a little bit with me today. So it's just like any other person. We all have our oh. stuff. You know, we all have yeah. our stuff that we carry around with us. And when I had to chuckle when you said you need to travel by GPS. I am so directionally challenged. It's unbelievable story. I mean, it's a joke mm -hmm. in my family that and I can't go by north south east west or street road and street names you have to tell me is there a mcdonald's on the corner and do i turn left or right there you know that's it that's <laughs> how i am too <laughs> see i'm still learning street names <laughs> yeah that's how i am and see well then we're both perfect aren't we <laughs> i think you could say that that's right we'll say it and we'll own it <laughs> exactly well, what other stuff do you have coming up, Stuart, in the future here? you have any exciting plans or projects on the horizon? I recently had a release of uh, two additional songs for the PBS station in Topeka, Kansas. One of them uh, that's been out for a few weeks now is called The Last Rose of Summer. I arranged that piece for Irish instrumentation. It has a lot of... Uh, light in it, but also darkness at the same time. The musical melody and tune and uh, timbre of it seems to be more of the light, while the lyrics, uh, which my parents actually rewrote from the original song, tends to be more dark, especially in the end. And I'm in the next little bit hoping to be a part of a music video that I'm going to do for that piece. And the other piece from that album uh, that's going to be released is called Currents, which is a virtuosic piece for uh, Irish uh, instrumentation, including, uh, by the way, both of the pieces even have Irish percussion, uh, violin, acoustic guitar, and bass. Uh, the Last Rose of Summer includes Ilian pipes and Irish flute, and Currents also has a uh, tin whistle in it. And uh, like I said, that piece is more virtuosic. I'm going to be releasing two versions of it. One is going to be released soon. That's the acoustic version. 
and uh, I'm gonna release another version that is a lot more, uh, has a lot more sound to it, including many different uh, layers of electric guitars and more uh, acoustic guitars and mandolin and other fiddle parts as well. Wow, that sounds amazing. And I love Irish music. I, I just, there's something about it. And I like how you said the music part of it has light, but the lyrics are a little bit darker. And you've put those two together. That's that exactly. to me. And, and I can see I'm picturing it in my head. Um, I, I just find it amazing. It's fascinating to talk to you, Stuart. I'm learning an awful lot, actually. Thank you so much. It's really nice to be with you as well, Kim. The melody, which I think is one of the most beautiful melodies in the world, and that's the reason why I wanted to arrange that particular song, uh, is a traditional Irish uh, tune called The Young Man's Dream, which was first uh, set to that poem shortly after the poem was uh, created and many different classical composers, including Beethoven and Ernst uh, and Mendelssohn, among others, have used that melody and uh, it evolved from there. The Last Rose of Summer was originally a poem by Sir Thomas More in the 1800s. Wow, how, how cool, that is so cool. Now, I have a question, and this is for my listeners as well as for myself. Composing and arranging. What's the difference? Composing and arranging. Uh, composing is my own uh, original music being uh, set to the instrumentation that I would prefer actually uh composing and arranging would one of the similarities is at least for the most part i would be able to select the instrumentation uh unless the person who or uh, has the idea for the project has an idea for the instrumentation as well but um composing is setting my own uh ideas to uh, original melodies and harmonies and instrumentation while arranging is setting an existing piece of music to a new uh, set of either instrumentation or uh, style or uh, key and tempo and things like that, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. And that clears that, clears that up for me. Um, and I'm sure for a lot of listeners. Stuart, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on Let Fear Bounce. And I ask all of my guests if they have a little nugget of hope that they would like to toss out to my listeners, something that can maybe brighten their day or motivate them. And if you have a nugget of hope that you would like to leave with our listeners, I would love for you to share it. Thank you so much. I absolutely do. Uh, I would say especially to those who have disabilities, uh, whether that be autism or something else, to not let your disability and its challenges weigh you down 
and also to not give up and pursue your dreams, I would also advise them to take advantage of the gift that your disability brings to you, which sometimes requires a little bit of extra wrapping to get to that gift. And I'll, I'll, I'll also uh, leave you with this. I do know and have found out in the past few months that everyone wants to be heard, supported, and loved. Yes, you are absolutely right, Stuart. Um, wow, folks, words of wisdom from the uh, music musical extraordinaire. <laughs> words Thank of you. wisdom. Um, truly beautiful, Stuart. You speak beautifully as well as compose and arrange music beautifully. So I like how you said, you know, we all have gifts and sometimes there's just more wrapping on some that you have to get through. Exactly. But isn't that all part of the beauty of it? It is. It absolutely can be. I couldn't agree more. Stuart, again, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you humble me and I'm so glad that you were on my show and my guest and maybe next year, early next year or so, I would love to have you back on again and see where your journey's taking you and what beautiful stuff you're creating and gifting out to the world because you truly are a gift to the world, Stuart. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Kim. It was absolutely a pleasure to be on this podcast and I'm absolutely humbled that you are inviting me in the next several months and i'm really looking forward to being back on here again awesome awesome all of you out there listening i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did speaking with Stuart. just a true blessing all around so everybody out there be well stay well and be blessed that wraps up another episode of let fear bounce folks thanks so much for spending a small part of your day with myself and my special guests I am blessed week by week by the people that I have on my show. I'm also blessed by you for tuning in and listening. And if you want to learn a little bit more about me, you can go to my website at kimlanglingauthor.com and check out everything else I'm doing. I like to keep myself busy. And until next week, folks, everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed. And don't forget, you are amazing. <laughs>